Thanks for tuning in to Friday Afternoon Deploy Community Edition. For enterprise support, please pay for Friday Afternoon Deploy Enterprise Edition by Microsoft. Lyft can now buy all the cocaine, all the cocaine in, in New York City. City. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, you know what? It's another episode. We're back. Um, I, I forgot the number. I looked it up because we haven't read it off in a while. I think it's this will be 22. Nice. Episode 22. That sounds right. Approaching six months. That's right. And approaching... Oh, wow. uh, I know. I, that, I, you know, I, I thought mm. about that. Uh, as a weekly show, we're, we're getting up there. Approaching 5,000 downloads-ish. Nice. Uh, we'll probably get there this week. That's awesome. Uh, an estimated... Uh, several hundred of you are subscribing now, which is pretty cool. I wanted to actually pierce the fourth wall for a moment and say, hey, th- there are a bunch of you listening to the show that we haven't heard from or anything like that. And that would be cool to hear from you. Um, we do have an email address, uh, one of those new fancy email addresses. It's podcast at higherlofty.com. But like, uh, I think it'd be fun for people to email in uh, complaints. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you you hit it before I could. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Use, use it like a complaint card. Yeah. Also, suggest topics. Um, uh, yeah, please just bitch about yeah. Blake being on the show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> an example an example question be like, why does that Blake guy use MongoDB still? Why uh, do you have a JavaScript asshole on the show? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's a couple of other venues out there to find us. Um, you can you can interact with us on Facebook uh, if you don't want Tyrell to see your messages. Because I'll never or see me. You'll never go near yeah. the big blue F Tyrell again. and yeah. I are off the yeah. Facebook. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm the um, designated poop toucher is <laughs> <laughs> of the show. The designated uh, poop toucher that makes sure that we can have a Facebook presence for, the, uh, for those of you who follow us there. But uh, yeah, so I don't know. If you've got uh, ideas, I thought about this the other day. I was like, we need to ask people what they want to hear about. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah. in that vein, I, we don't have a topic today, so like, get on it. Uh, start sending us some emails. But uh, you know, we got the four of us here. And we've all we're all working on stuffs going on, and, and I know we I know we got things to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I'm stoked about the almost six months into this. I'm stoked about the downloads and stuff. And also, I'm going to point out somewhat bittersweet. I guess this will be the last recording here mm. in the in the studio. Uh, where we started it. Uh, so, uh, Blake, you noticed that we have less table in here, mm-hmm. but uh, we're expanding our office. We've got a new conference room, and so we're going to be recording next okay. door from now on. Going to lose all this sweet, sweet reverb. Uh, it's going to be awesome. It's going to yeah. be a smaller... The room we're moving to will be a smaller room and actually way better for acoustics. What but. are you guys going to do in this room? This You're in the CEO's office, buddy. Oh, Look at all shit. these windows. I it's know, so right? fancy. <laughs> <laughs> What's going to happen to your office? Casey is be that, That's going to be our, 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 our huddle room, small okay. conference room, uh, okay. and, and podcast studio. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, we're going to so be right there. there. Okay, yeah, not, there. Not, yeah, not across the big hall. No, because that's even bigger. Oh, yeah. okay. okay. Yeah, that's that a bigger conference room. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So this is the last one in here. I thought this. I like the small table. I do too. Like I really do. You know what I feel? Which is good because I think that's all that will fit in that other room. <laughs> that's right. That's yeah. kind of the format. Uh, I think we're gonna we're gonna leave a couch in there too, so we can put a guest on the couch, mm-hmm. like off to the side. You know, um, you know what I feel like though. I feel like we're in the basement on that '70s show. Uh, <laughs> Right? Yeah. <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. I'll just... just going to feel a little bit more like that. Uh, <laughs> uh, who's Ashton Kutcher? Uh, well, I'm definitely Hyde. I would definitely Tyrell. <laughs> Ashton Kutcher. This. <laughs> it's it's only, the, only because I have a mustache. <laughs> and, that le- and that makes me the, the Mila Kunis of the show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> man, Blake, what we, you been... We all know Ben's the Mila Kunis. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, he would appreciate that. He would. Uh, what have you been working on, Blake? Oh, man. You're on the spot. Yeah. No. Uh, so we 
so I've moved over to sort of a new project, and it's kind of slow in the beginning still. Um, we're I thought you wrote it in JavaScript, and that shit's supposed mm, to be fast. Well, well, yeah, we're still waiting on the <laughs> like design and some decisions to be made up front. Got it. Um, so in that in that downtime, where we ReviewNet, we have uh, basically starter kits for. Like if you want to create a Node API, or if you want to create a React app, or a React Native app, or whatever. I, instantly my mind went to like the starter pack memes on Reddit. I've yes. never seen those. Oh, those oh, oh man, those yeah, we're gonna show those. Let me, let me carry on. I'm no, going no, no. To, I'm gonna find the okay. Node.js starter pack on Reddit here. Okay, it's gotta be there. I don't know either. So. <laughs> you have to share it. So okay. We're gonna learn uh, together. Yeah, but um, there have been they they were created a while ago, and um, you know people have a hard time sort of contributing back to those just because they're busy. And so during downtime, we typically try and like update them, like uh, make sure everything still matches uh, how we want things to work. And, and so we've been doing a lot of that. Um, that's what we've been doing. That's a cool way to do that. Yeah. To, to spend that time kind of updating your, your boilerplates. You know? Yeah. We- yeah. And it's really helpful. I mean, it, it does, uh, it, you know, we, we bake in like things like security and tests and, um and performance, uh, you know, best practices and stuff. So when a team comes on, they don't have to think about things, right? And like that is the purpose of them. Uh, but you know, every company does it their own way. I think typically, and right. and we're no different. So um, yeah. So it it just helps teams get started a lot faster, and they don't have to worry about messing with any of that. Shifting. Oh, oh no, go ahead. I was going to say shifting from projects to computers. Do you guys do imaging on your computers? Like. Like a standard image of just like here, I've made you a MacBook, and it has. It's all pretty of these basic, tools. though. Like it's it's like yeah, yes, we do, but it's it's basically like here here's macOS. Uh, there's a few things on there, so they can monitor like the so the the IT people can monitor like the uh, disk space and CPU usage, so they know when laptops mm-hmm. need to be switched out. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like and the don't okay. forget in the in the back door that turns on your webcam. Oh yeah, so, yeah, yeah too. that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. And the, oh, and the other back door that turns off the LED next to the webcam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you those, can't turn those you, off. You want both of those in there. Yeah, you can't turn right. those off. Uh, is, I, that was a joke. That's why. That's why. I leave, that's why I leave my laptop open without the camera covered all the time. Right. I uh, figure serves you right, IT. Yeah, that's right. Enjoy, <laughs> yeah. enjoy the show, baby. <laughs> like, I'm just gonna take my computer in here to shower. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we don't. We we never done imaging uh, stuff like that for our machines. We do use um, pro, kind yeah. of user provisioner. We don't yeah. do much with it. Installs a couple apps and it's, things. Yeah, like it's that. really but, uh, like bare yeah. minimum. I can. I can. I can. I. We. We don't have any alerts on it. Can see disk usage and things like that. Yeah. And and then for us, it's a governance thing. I mean, we can. We yeah. can. Um, we can. Uh, we do enforce disk encryption, mm-hmm. and so that's something we enforce through there. And uh, I can probably. I can probably unlock locked disks in the event that someone like loses their mm-hmm. their key or something like that. And we, that's probably about it. We don't encrypt disks, um, but I have a feeling that that's coming. Um, we actually had a contractual obligation to do it with a and client. That, that's and that's what made it yeah. happen. Yeah. And, and that's, generally and why, that's that why I think it's coming. Is yeah. we've been, I think we've been asked to do that recently, and yeah. I think so now it's just going to be a thing, so we don't have to worry about it. It was like right, second right. tier. We had a client that um, requested, and, and no one ever has since then, but a very particular type of um, liability insurance. Mm. And it was the liability insurance carrier that had the, okay. the disk encryption okay. requirement. Yeah. Uh, like information, it was like a, it was a type of information security yeah. insurance, which is amazing that that even exists. But, yeah, but it totally is. Like, Have you guys ever done anything with HIPAA? No, but HIPAA is very similar. right? It's similar. Yeah, it's it like uh, I'm HIPAA certified. Guys. Are you? Oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, but uh, you, it's uh, you get a you get a tattoo. In there, yeah, I should. I should. It's a barcode. Bar I should because <laughs> yeah. that was three hours of my life that sucked. Mm-hmm. Um, Don't you have to like have your shit set up where you're um, you have to have a password and uh, you have yeah, to like there's your, lots of rules. Your machine has to lock if it's idle for like sixty seconds or something, something like, like that. Yeah, it, and um, if you're not there, like you have to basically. The laptop has to be closed, and mm-hmm. like, um, yeah, there's lots of procedural you have to, you have to type take of your things. Laptop in the sho- to the shower yes. when you go shower. Uh, um, you have to poop it. with your laptop. Right. Uh, uh, lots of rules. Mm. Um, but I didn't make the rules. It's just <laughs> <one other. laughs> yeah, but it's similar. That's what I was getting at. It's it's really 
Uh, yeah, not not nearly as in depth what we had to do there, but but some requirements like that. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. Encryption. Uh, yeah. Um, lately, we've been also another thing that we've been doing. Be interested to get you guys' take on this. Uh, we're requiring all of our developers um, that have access to GitHub to use two factor authentication, and yeah. if they don't, like they get removed. <laughs> We didn't have it as a requirement. We, I, we did yeah, turn I it on. It though, at at but, some point or yeah. another, we did have all of our developers doing it, but yeah. it's not a it's not a policy that is um, Enforced, automated kind of enforcement. Yeah. And so I haven't audited it in a while. <laughs> I had mine turned off. This is something that I discovered that I found really frustrating: is that um, if you have two factor auth enabled on GitHub, uh, and then and it, it kind of makes sense to think about it, but you can't use um, HTTP mm-hmm. protocol to yep. clone. Yep. yep. Um, you have to use SSH. Yeah, you have yeah. to use SSH. So I and I get it, right? It's 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 using your key. Yep. Yeah. But um, I but the the error message that you get when that starts happening is very non-intuitive, mm-hmm. and I was like, what the. F- how the fuck can I not? Oh, man. It's a I've public. That it's part. a public repository. Yeah. Try, over and over yeah, yeah, and over, yeah. trying to clone yeah. something. I was gonna say that's that's what happened to me. It was you know, and I I, I like the two factor auth, especially for client work code that's private and all that. But right. yeah, I've got toy apps that yeah. I this was on. This HTTP was on like and, it was on a remote host too, and because I was like just use HTTP because I don't want to like forward a key to this remote host, and mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I just needed something public, so I didn't want to like. You know, I didn't want to set all that up, mm-hmm. and so, uh, and it, it was a it was a Python module that didn't have like setup tools installed. So, but you mm-hmm. can install um, Python modules straight from GitHub mm-hmm. right. uh, without doing packaging yeah. around it. But mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you, you'll either need to have like Git configured for SSH or use anyway. So right. that's how I found out, and it's just like it just tells you like you don't know your password is the mm-hmm. answer that you get. Uh, if you have two factor auth turned on, so yeah, I had it turned off, and then I got in trouble the other day. Uh, uh, one of our one of our clients uh, sent me a Slack message and was like, "Hey, so everybody on our team is using two factor auth, and uh, don't you guys have like a security offering?" <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, yeah, we should. Yeah, okay, yeah, I should turn that on." Yeah. So, so I, I looked a little silly, but uh, so I turned mine back on recently, but I had forgotten. That's why I turned it on. Yeah, yeah, I think. Um just in general, we're really uh, we're, we're in a, uh, I guess a an era now, uh, <laughs> where we're concentrating pretty hard on the security side of stuff. Um, so I spent so I spent the other part of my week like part of the um, part of our backend sort of template is putting a uh, nginx reverse proxy in front of Node, mm-hmm. um, and so sort of locking down. Uh, Nginx and locking down Node uh, because uh, it would, you know, security is one of those things that as developers, a lot of times you don't think of until afterward, right? I mean, some of the best enforcement of security, and we've talked about security on a couple different episodes, mm-hmm. is through the use of templates, right? Like yep. take it out of the hands of someone to remember to right. dot the. Uh, don't think about it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I just have to point out, though, that this, and this is not, there'll be plenty, but this is not a dig at, at Node, but. It's it just like blew my mind that you guys typically don't put Nginx as a reverse proxy in front, yeah. of it. and I get it because it's async and it can handle a fuck ton of connections by itself. But yeah. like the idea of us using like a Whiskey server on Python stuff and like just having that wide open for connections to come into it is like it can handle like twenty before yeah. it's you know yeah yeah uh, Nginx can handle like twenty thousand and do a pretty yeah. good job at it. Yep. Uh, so that's that was that was that was a fun moment. Yeah, and I think um, I honestly think like most of that is just sort of like um, it just sort of immaturity um, of of honestly of Node and uh, compared to some of the other um, backend languages that I mean I'm I'm sure that that Node is is more capable of handling concurrent connections than the stuff that we use in like Whiskey apps for oh, yeah, some I would assume, yeah. for yeah. some things okay. right like Node is good at some things and not great at other things reading from the file system it's going to be much slower than right. than nginx uh, terminating ssl it's mm. slower at that I mean so you know python is not particularly fast at Anything except for development speed, like that's yeah. that's its main benefit. Yep. Unless you like, there's some cool stuff with like just-in-time compilers and yeah, especially in like Numba and things like Numba that. and LLVM mm-hmm. and stuff. But um, you know, it's not particularly fast. And so, anytime, if there's anything that's like, you know, if you've got Python code that's 
holding a connection open to spoon feed, uh, you know, a, a JPEG to someone on a slow internet connection. Yeah, right. What a <laughs> profound waste of Python's time to be doing that. Sure, yeah. Because it's just not that fast of a right. language, you know. Yeah. Um, but, but, so that's always kind of been standard practice. You don't have to, though. You don't have to put a reverse proxy in front of it. Yeah, you, you, yeah. you certainly don't have to yeah. on Node either. I mean, it's, uh, it works fine. You whiskey, I think, could get you pretty far. It's written actually, in C. With, right, yeah. it's not like... And, and so you could spin up multiple... Workers with and that. it's and it's like Python's synchronous, but but um, Wizgy can run threaded. It'd feel like wearing no pants, though. I think that's what I would feel like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do this. Like, cool. Yeah, just like wearing no pants in front of your webcam. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I see no uh, downside here yet. Oh, uh, okay. So, so one, of the, oh, uh, one of the I, things that I found this week was. Um, like on our on node we do we do like uh, static analysis right right well I found this tool that lets you basically do that on your nginx config so so you put that yeah. in place on your CI pipeline or whatever so yeah. that it's checking uh, it's a, it's out it's a little outdated though the the tool um, so you know last week I was talking about uh, it basically creates like a, a a parser and Elixir and stuff that's going in and and creating its own nginx language right that mm. uh, is interpreting the tokens. Um, and so last week or the week before, I was talking about Rust, and I was like, I should do this in Rust because mm. it's like a nice little project, right? Yeah. So I'm gonna do that. Okay. I'll, I'll let you guys know how that goes. I would yeah. know. Yeah. yeah, I've only seen a little bit of Rust. <coughs> uh, awesome. I was talking about. I've seen a lot of Rust, the oxidation of metals, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I <laughs> There's <was> some now. <laughs> Speaking of, I was uh, briefly nerdy enough to watch a guy live code a. Um, a, a SNES emulator in Rust. He was just like, "I'm going to build a Super Nintendo in Rust." I, nice. Watch me code. I'm, I'm so like, I'm so proud of your bravery right now in this moment to mm-hmm. to, to to share that. With I us. didn't stick with it for what it's worth. Oh, really? I was like I can't watch this guy live code this. I was imagining like, you like a full emulator, like top to bottom, and like with a like a like a bag of bugles. And <laughs> no, just, like, no, I, just, <laughs> I could like I, I had the same shame when I was playing like uh, when I was. I had a friend that started. I have a friend that has a PhD in cultural anthropology. His focus is on tabletop gaming culture. He has a PhD in D and D. That's amazing. Uh, from, from Texas A&M. Yeah, I it's, it. it's awesome. Yeah, so he it. was doing he was doing online games through Google Hangout. This was before uh, Roll Twenty dot net was created, mm-hmm. and uh, it was like I had I hadn't played in a long time, and he hit me up. He's like, "Hey, man, I'm starting to run games in Google Hangouts. You should do this." I was like, yeah, that sounds awesome. Let's do it. And I remember staying up. We started at like 10 o'clock at night. I remember staying up till 4 in the morning and crawling into bed at 4 in the morning with my wife of maybe three years at the time. And she's like, what have you been doing? I was just like, I can't explain it to you. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I, I, the shame I feel right now for just having spent seven hours on Google Hangouts going on Quest. Like, it, 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 it's like I, this, is, this isn't allowed to, to happen yeah. as an adult. So I had to quit going on Quest. Mm. Oh, man, that, you're missing out. Uh, I had some. We had some good times. I've 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 done it a little. I've had to be really clear with any anybody that I game with. I was just like, I've got like that much time for it. Yeah. I really I've enjoy like, it. But I, for, I just for, don't have time for all of nerd culture that I've been around through my upbringing and and through this field because there's a lot of overlap there, or tends to be. Uh, I have played very little like tabletop games, mm. and not out of any reason other than just. Haven't I don't know like not not out of dislike or anything like that. Play a lot of role playing games like computer games. Mm-hmm. I played some of the like newer tabletop stuff like the um, oh you know like the stuff that has like figures and and like stuff that you actually like, move across the board. Settlers of Catan. No, I like you're talking uh, about like uh, Warhammer. Like, yeah. like yeah, Warhammer. Warhammer. Yeah. So I haven't played Warhammer, but the Warhammer like games where yeah. you have terrain and movement rules. Yeah. There's yeah. some really sweet Star Wars ones. Mm-hmm. Dude, like, some of the Star Wars. There's, ones are great. I forget. Yeah. There's there's two of them. One of them's like capital ships, and yep. one of them are like starfighters. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, uh, Both the assault, I think, is uh, Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. it's based. One of them is based on an old computer game called Rebellion. It might be called mm-hmm. Rebellion. The the tabletop game. I can't remember now. Oh, wait, just, oh, here it is. The, Those look so cool. I just remembered all of the world's information right at my <laughs> mm, fingertips. You yep. don't have to wonder uh, anymore. But, but there's a couple different ones, and, and those are fun. I, I played a little bit of those, and they're a lot more fast-paced. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, sure. it doesn't take the time, 
for those, and that that helps. But it's fun. But I, I kind of feel like I missed out on that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I know enough about D and D culture. Get, right? We could get some D and D going. I, 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 I get the jokes. On second edition. I actually dug out my second edition. You're, books you're, run, the other you're doing day second edition at. right now. Or like you're running second edition. No, no, games? no. I no, I just say. looked at it and oh, had okay. nostalgia. Of, I'm kind of in the same boat as you, Tyrell. I would love to play, and and if someone could find me the time. Yeah. So then, I've, yeah, I've found the thing to kind of scratch the itch are fantasy flight games. I don't know if you've played mm-hmm. any of their games. They they kind of build their games to give you the the shared experience aspect of playing D and D or other games of that nature. But they're they have much more constrictions on them, so that you um, you get the kind of shared experience to to work towards a goal. But you don't. It's not so open, so it drives gotcha. you towards yeah. getting somewhere faster. So, right, right, like right. Uh, that, I have Battlestar Galactica, nice. which is this is is a very epic game, and it, it will take you seven hours to play the first time you play it. But mm-hmm. subsequent playthroughs can mm-hmm. be done in like two and a half hours. Okay, that's awesome. That sounds yeah. awesome. And, yeah. and so you start off like with that game. You start off, and um, you there depending on the size of the group there's always a cylon you don't know who the cylon is uh, the cylon. i love i love those games where someone at the table yep. is like the traitor so and someone's trying know. to sabotage yeah. well and, and with this one what's really fun is that uh, oftentimes depending on how the deck is shuffled so a second cylon will come up halfway through the game like somebody uh, somebody so turns to a cylon mm-hmm. like they've, 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 play, they've yeah. played the whole first half right. of the game like as a human a, right. and then the second half of the Man, game they're, they're a cylon there's now a, and they've got to yeah. play it cool and there's gonna be like hmm I think we should do this yeah. that seems like a great way to save humanity now <laughs> there's like there's one called like uh, Night of the Werewolves or something like that that's like that I and think I've heard of that one it has it has like there's a spy one um, there's also a Camelot based one. Oh, nice um, that's cool like that and and, and I, I think they all have a shared mechanic of like the cadence at the beginning of the game mm-hmm. where you like read out everything right yeah and a lot of them are like you know everyone close your eyes yeah now, werewolves open your eyes these are the other right yeah right yeah yeah and there's always one like character that's just some super wild card that fucks up all the game mechanics. It's <laughs> yeah. like, you look like this person, but you act like that person, and, and at some point you change or like can change on a whim, and like yeah, it's either deception or, or you know, trying to um, uh, you know, narrow down process of elimination and stuff. There's, there's one where uh, it's, it's more, um, it's more of a, a board gamey type thing, uh, but someone plays as Dracula, uh, in Europe, and then the rest of the group plays as as like famous um, uh, like uh, vampire hunters, like yeah. Van Helsing and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And they're yeah. like going around trying to hunt him, and he's moving in secret. And that uh, sounds kind of like an older older game. Oh man, what what was that? I don't know. That. I don't ogre. Oh, oh, Ogre's yeah. kind of like that. Like somebody's the I've ogre, and one. then the rest of the team is is. Fighting against the uh, okay. the ogre, so this sounds kind of like I've, that. Is it Fury of Dracula? Maybe, maybe yeah. that's it. I, I think it's on my wish list on Amazon. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've, got, I've got some pretty expensive games on my wish say, list. Yeah, yeah. Say, that's yeah. the thing about board games, which um, I love board games. It's, yeah. it's like, a, yeah, uh, they're, they're just so expensive, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Um, yeah it, it can be a very expensive hunt. It be more by, expensive by, than video games. By the way, way Star Wars Armada is the capital ship game. It. It's, yeah. it's surprisingly hard to Google for Star Wars games because there's a fucking billion of them. Yeah. Yeah. Star Wars tabletop RPGs. Like, yeah. oh, you know, and there's there's actually like book style, D&D style ones yep. that I didn't even know about. Yeah. Uh, and tons of them. Yep. But yeah, similar to um, the games you guys are talking about, there's one that's like basically a, a group of... Um, you know, it's it's like a, it's like camp themed, right? Like a horror movie. It's a horror movie mm. themed thing, and you're mm-hmm. you're running from some um, uh, Jason like yeah. character, okay. and there's like buildings on it, and you have to like you're rolling dice to right. die to move and, and picking up weapons and stuff like that. Oh, and that's awesome. about it. It's it's a lot of fun. What's the other one that's like super famous? Uh, that uh, betrayal at the house on Haunted Hill or something? Mm. Oh. oh uh, Oh. oh, there's one like that that's like really, really famous in board game land. Yeah, um, I totally know why. I've, uh, I've played it once, but I don't remember the name. I'm out of my own, and I don't I'm know that one. Head over to Board know. Game Geek. I'll be back in a bit. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, Godspeed, Tyrell. Uh, <laughs> at Rev Unit, we we have a um, like a 
a company D and D game hmm. that that runs every every other week. Well, that's awesome. uh, I'm sorry. Okay, I get it. It's it's within the company. I thought you were telling me that there was like a rev unit themed tabletop. So we game. have a rev unit themed card game. Do you really? For real? I'll bring it. I'll bring it sometime. It, and is it in the veins of, of of like a Cards Against Humanity type game, like uh, a word no. game? Uh, no, it's it's uh, Machi Koro. If you've played that, it's just a card game. Huh. Um, and it's basically so the, the the theme of that game is everybody is trying to build up this city. Um, and you have different uh, types of buildings, and you're rolling dice, and and based on the number, like if you um, if you get like wheat or something, everybody looks on their card, and then you get resources, and you use those resources to buy buildings, and yeah. and the first person to construct the entire town wins. Got it. So similar to that vein, uh, people in the rev unit card game are uh, constructing a company. Okay. okay. And you, and you've got like the the CEO, the CTO, and and it's not necessarily who the actual people. Like I think in that game I'm a designer or something. Right. Um, but they but uh, one of the guys, one of the designers at Revunit took everybody who worked there at the time and made like sort of character cart- caricature cartoons of them. Right. And that's like their portrait on the. Car- it, it's freaking awesome. Actually, that's pretty cool, man. And yeah. got them all printed, and then um, like a bunch of us bought like our Decks own copies. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll bring it next time. It's super cool. Um, I want to see it. That is, that sounds yeah. super yeah, cool. Yeah, it's, it's really awesome. It sounds kind of like um, the like game te- game dev simulator game. <laughs> Did you guys mm-hmm. ever see that? Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a it, it's a PC game, but essentially like you build a company and you have to like. Okay. Hire, hire engineers and buy servers, mm-hmm. and then you build out. It's, it's it's a sim game. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I have um, heard of that. Yeah, yeah. They're they're fun, and it's like it's like you have to like build your product, and then decide like, are we licensing it on you know like a freemium model? Right. Like, yeah. So you like build the mechanics. I've seen lots of memes about that. I think like about yeah. like EA type memes. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had an idea when you were talking about a card game though, and I, I mentioned a word game. Um, Wait, wait, wait. wait. Tyrell's oh, back. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. What'd you oh, find? Yeah. It's either Arkham Horror or Betrayal. Uh, it's the Betrayal the house, one. Uh, Betrayal at House on the Hill. Th- that's it. Yeah, that's the one. Arkham Horror, also good, though. Yeah. Fantasy is that, like, is that, that Batman, is that Batman theme? Is it that Arkham? Or no, 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 no. No, no. It's like uh, the Cthulhu. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, card game, like a word-based game. Can we, can we just do a... Uh, in the vein of Cards Against Humanity, or just an expansion for it, that's, <laughs> that software dev client mm. services that you have like black cards and white cards. That's like you know, uh, like, a, like a yeah. like a like a dickhead client screaming at nine o'clock on a Friday. You know, it's like one of the cards I could come up with. Did, did, and we so have an infinite supply of materials <laughs> flowing through the phones and the email lines and everything here. <laughs> so there's a there's an infosec version of that. It's called Malicious. Content. Really? Yeah. Nice. That's it's awesome. Cards Against Humanity for InfoSec engineers. I uh, knew that I didn't even come close to original idea. <laughs> we haven't had an original idea mm. since like 1910. So, so did you guys see uh, the Black Friday sale that Cards Against Humanity put on? Uh, they always do something fun where they, like, yeah. the price went up because it was like, it's Black Friday. Fuck you. No, you know, th- this year they put, they put everything on sale for 99% off. Okay. Um, and they, they sold like really strange shit. Like, uh, like a diamond ring was like a hundred dollars. Oh. Uh, like 10 carat diamond ring was like a hundred dollars, which normally like black Friday is always like a huge publicity for thing them. for them. Right. Yeah. Did you see the year when they dug holes? Yes. You just kept donating money yeah. and like however much money you put bought like four seconds of the bulldozer going. <laughs> And it was just this constant thing, and it just kept going. And it oh, was like man. they just dug a hole, and there was a live cam stream of like no purpose, just bulldozers just digging dirt and from one spot and putting it in another. And just like people put like millions of dollars yeah. into funding this hole oh. that was some, being dug. For no some reason. of the shit was crazy, um, uh, and some of it was stupid, right? Like some of it was great. Um, actually, a guy in our Vegas office got one of the things that they sold was like a life size. Uh, uh, cardboard cutout of Orlando Bloom. Okay, and so that's in our Vegas office. He <laughs> got. He ended sweet. up getting it, and there was only one of everything. That was the thing. Mm. Like you had to be the one that clicked the button the fastest. Got it. Um, and every ten minutes, it was something new all day. That's uh, fun. That's like woot, but um, mm. on like a woot off day. I don't know if you guys yeah. ever wooted, but mm. but woot was yeah. fun. Yeah, before Amazon, mm. woot yeah, and bastards. Then, uh, like um, there were a bunch of like there was a camping one that was similar to that. 
um, where mm. it was all it was just camping gear that they did Got like it. that. Um, the Woot Founders back. I mean, I say back. This was like maybe four or five years ago that he refounded a company called Meh. M e h. <laughs> yeah. He likes Which is, it's just a throwback to the original movie. He buys a pallet of discontinued shit and sells it at a stupid okay. price. That's like, like Masteroff type. Yeah, and it's, but it's like it's it's kind of comedic. Okay. It's not really like high quality right. stuff, but it's okay. kind of useful. And then they write a really funny description of oh, okay. how mediocre it is, and it's called meh. You know, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it's hmm. uh, it's fun. I've never bought anything on meh. I think. Um, I think Jesse Jeff, mm-hmm. Jesse has a meh mug. Yeah, yeah, I think he got. We, we've got some. You know, the, you know those little uh, those little flashlights. I yeah. think yeah. the yeah. flashlights yeah. that light up when the when the power goes off that yeah. are plugged in. I think those were a meh purchase. Absolutely. Yeah. And he spent like nine dollars and got fourteen of these LED <laughs> flashlights. He just brought them to the office. Like everybody gets a flashlight. Yeah, you don't and I need... think the fidget spinners may have been in that same bundle. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Up, yeah. See, I've, I've found the the joys of AliExpress, so I don't use meh anymore. That's why I have my fancy $9 AirPod knockoff. Oh my god, those are hilarious. They're amazing. They're gold I instead wish. of white. And they're and they're but like they're like, they're like gray paint gold. They don't even pass for like good cheap gold. No, and they're like in every dimension like four a, times yeah, the size. They're, significant, they're significantly larger. I put them in and I look like I've got gauges in my ear. It's pretty it's pretty ridiculous. But the case, they, the case is like the size of a whiskey flask. Yeah. <laughs> but they work and it's uh, awesome. It would What's funny is I, I come to find out they're a knockoff of a knockoff because uh, I went I went to look for them later and I found the real ones that are on sale for twenty dollars. Get them! Don't be fooled by these people mm. selling you these others and they're just nine dollar like, ones. Perks, buy the twenty dollars of the real ones. ones. Phone calls work in both ears. Oh, and nice. it's like, oh, I guess that means phone calls only work in one ear in mine. <laughs> yep, uh, can confirm. <laughs> <laughs> like that's all right. I don't take that many phone calls. This is mostly for music, so. That's pretty funny. But, yeah, you got third tier AirPods, though. It's, it's true, but they're they've lasted through almost a month. I would and have, several runs, which I did not expect for nine dollars worth of AirPods. You paid nine dollars. AirPods are are not cheap, um, and so I would imagine your value per dollar ratio is pretty solid. Um, I had to those. wait like three months for the slow boat to get here from China. <laughs> yeah, but. I'm surprised, but you but you paid one thirteenth the cost, and I think you've got more than one thirteenth of the music quality. Oh, I hope. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I was about to uh, I was about to reveal a secret that I have coming. I I bought something for Sarah, but I forgot she she listens listens to the podcast. there's something coming from China for you. We're actually not live streaming though, so we would have been able to edit out. No, oh yeah, we could have edited it out. I was about to say. We so it'll probably be there forgot. by then. I was just like, no, nah, man. I said that comes from China. No, it'll, be, no. it'll be like May Six before weeks, it gets here. Yeah. 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 It's good stuff. So this is, I, I posted this. I don't think we've talked about it. This'll, this, I'll be real dumb and we'll have to edit this if, uh, if I bring up something we've already talked about. But I posted talking about games. Um, someone shared in uh, one of the companies that uh, I support on a staff hog uh, basis Posted a, a medium article and about technical debt is like Tetris. Mm, I haven't, we haven't talked about this. Oh, excellent. excellent. We haven't talked about technical debt as a topic. So, let me good, so good show. Technical yeah. debt is like Tetris. You can't win. You can only control how quickly you lose. That's the, that's the, the sub-tagline there. Man, that's mm. good. And, uh, yeah, no, no. It's, it's actually a really good article, but it was, it, it was fascinating. This, is, this, this project had, had to move really quickly. Mm. Um, they're, they're doing really well and growing and with that kind of stuff become, you know, speed is always introduced because client needs this, client needs that, this needs to happen for this purposes. And so then we get to be the old curmudgeons who are actually writing the code going like, but wait, mm-hmm. we have to fix this thing first that no one ever sees and that's never going to yeah. mm-hmm. get the appropriate attention. And so I hear Russian music playing behind me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's getting faster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Does that's, Tetris music get faster? Yeah. I can't remember. Oh yeah, it, it yeah, totally yeah. gets faster. <laughs> so uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm like thinking through it now, but it definitely does. It, do, it definitely it, does. The tempo, <laughs> the tempo speeds up as as the game speeds up. So yeah, um, but yeah, just the concept that you can't beat technical debt; you can only slow down its progress, and mm. and, and uh, kind of being sure to incorporate how you manage technical debt over the life of a project mm-hmm. um, was was. It was really cool read. Something that we as agencies don't have to necessarily deal with 
as much. I know no, with some we, of our projects. We, we eject long before the technical debt <laughs> right. collapses. <laughs> that's not true. We, we value ourselves. <laughs> I mean, that's probably, as, as consultants, I, I feel like that's a really strong thing for us to do and, and, and to come in and actually bring that perspective and caution people yeah. of, mm-hmm. of like, hey, we have perspective. We've done this a lot of times for a lot of different people. And it's important for us to know that because not only do we need to build stuff that way, but we often need to transition and leave that mentality behind on something that we build. Right. Mm-hmm. That's that. That was the thing that that kind of was one of the things, like being in in our particular air focus is teaching the clients about technical debt. Because I know even when I've done freelance work and I've built people terrible uh, websites, like they just assume I've got a website now forever. I'm good. It's mm-hmm. like it doesn't really work that way. It's not a this sofa. thing just literally yeah. sitting. Well, even like a sofa will just sit and fall apart over time. Yeah, it yeah, decays. Yeah. Soft, yeah, people. Software decays. Software yeah, absolutely they, decays. Bit software, right. software bit rot. rot. Yeah, bit yeah. rot. But yeah. bit rot's a real thing, and people don't think that because they're just like it's just ones and zeros. It doesn't go anywhere mm-hmm. unless someone smashes the computer with a hammer. It's mm-hmm. like that's not. Yeah. The truth of it. Like or, it's or it's written in Node, you do nothing at all, and you try and install Node modules again the next day. Is when <laughs> your build system atrophies. <laughs> Come on, you know it's true. Uh, nah, man. You know it's true. Nah, uh, I'm just doing it wrong. I'm running npm install wrong. There's yeah, some flag you are. npm right. install dash dash correctly or something. npm i dash dash production. What is that? It doesn't do anything. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, you can do. You in- set yourself up and swung at, at the joke, and I appreciate that. Yeah. You can do npm ci, and it just does. Uh, it'll it'll just take continuous the, integration. Yes. Mm. It'll it'll just. I'm gonna guess at letters. It'll just it install nice. the. Um, it'll install from the lock file, and it'll only install the. Um, the dependencies and won't install any of the dev dependencies. Got it. Mm. Got it. Got it. Got um, it. Which is the stuff that tends to atrophy and change and move. Yep. And stuff like yeah. That. Exactly. Yeah. Makes um, sense. And it's and it's also that's where like a lot of times that's where the majority of the size comes from. Like when people bitch about the size of Node, it's like yeah, you have like two thousand dev, dev dependencies that, right. that have other dependencies. Your production stuff is usually very, very small in comparison. That's good to know. It's a good tip for someone for us who like obviously we use. NPM for front end related stuff, but we don't, we're not like all day in it. Um, certainly not something we tend to think about a whole lot. Yeah. Uh, we'll usually like, as part of our pipeline for us, you know, like doing deployments for something that's using NPM for us is like, you know, uh, doing a build and like pushing the, the built assets from Webpack to a CDN mm-hmm. and not really thinking about. Mm-hmm. Um, installing dependencies like on remote machines or anything, right? Like that. Yeah, um, but that's good to know because I didn't know that. Yeah, um, yeah. No, Node is good. Node, Node is very good. Oh, well, easy. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's good. <laughs> hey, okay. Serious question: Are we off yarn? Is that not a thing anymore? Oh man, uh, we, it's actually funny because we just had this. Uh, people, I would say discussion. things like I would say NPM, and people would turn their nose up at me for a while. Yeah. And then I said it today, and you were like, you were totally on me on, on okay. NPM so, so, so yeah. So let me uh, I'll clarify my opinion and my mm. stance. Is that sounds very political? Yeah, yeah. Well, we we just have it, it's like tabs versus spaces a little bit. Got it. Um, so there's a clear right answer, is what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, always. Uh, yeah. Always spaces. Um, oh God. <laughs> Wait, are you a tab person? What's wrong with no, you? No, 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 no. You use the tab key to create the space. I've got my tab yeah. set to space. But it inserts spaces. Like, yeah. I was like, whoa. I, I know. I was, it's, a, it's been a long day. How, how, <laughs> I love how knives out it got in here. Like, how did he get through the phone screen? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my, brain, my brain was just like, wait, what? But in in yeah, Python, I, legit, spaces, if you mix tabs and spaces, your code just won't run. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. 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 Uh, every project would be blowing up. Exactly. Every every tabs. file you test would be like, why yeah. is every file in this project broken? <laughs> I, I had someone do that to one of my Python projects once, and I was just like, no, you fix all of this right now. Don't mm. talk to me again until you fixed it all. It's like when I, if there's a really dumb joke of someone that's like, I th- all of, every part of my body is broken, my legs broken, my <laughs> every time I touch it, it hurts, and the doctor's like, your your finger's broken. Uh, <laughs> that's yeah. that's that's someone going through with tabs in a Python app. Yeah. yeah none of, none of these none of the interpreter won't run any of these. <laughs> so I'm sorry. No, um, uh, no, no, NPM and no yarn. yarn. So, yeah. so yeah. I have always preferred NPM, uh, and and part of that is because um, I like NPM as a company, and I have spoken to people that work there, and sort of the atmosphere. And wait, NPM's a company? Mm-hmm. It's not like a like a 
like a non, just like a like open source. No, board? It, yeah. no, it's a it's a privately owned company. Hmm. What's the fucking business model? Uh, they sell NPM Enterprise. Hmm. And, and and to get <laughs> that, 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 that's why NPM's so unstable, so they can get you on NPM <laughs> Enterprise. And, and no, 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 no. You can't see the look on my face, it, folks. It's but. a it's a private like it's like private GitHub. It's a private instance of NPM. Like GitHub Enterprise is a thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's the same model. Um, and then if you if you want private NPM packages similar to GitHub, that's also something that they sell. You know, that's not uh, okay. I know I'm, I've derailed like nine times the thing that you're getting at. <laughs> I'll come back to it. Yeah, we'll, we'll come back. We'll come I'm, back. I'm going to Kanye here and let you finish. Do it. Yeah, go for it. Uh, so, um, anyway, the, I've, I, I like the company. I like what they do to support the JavaScript ecosystem. They they give back a lot to the community. They're very involved, um, and I think those things are very important. Um, whereas, uh, and, and, and to be honest, uh, the main thing that I think, or one of the main things that sort of uh, instigated the creation of Yarn was um, the speed of install mm. and the inability or the funkiness of locking your dependencies mm-hmm. in, in older versions of NPM. Um, but all of the people who create um, package managers for the JavaScript ecosystem, so NPM, Yarn, PMPM, all of these things, they all like talk to each other, and there's like a user, there's like a working group where they all are they have, discussing. Do they have issues. some like open standards a little bit, right? And so NPM is now as fast as Yarn. Um, you, Yarn has a few features that uh, NPM doesn't have, but the package or the um, dependency locking is not one of them. Yarn probably still does it better, to be honest. But um, like NPM is built into Node. You install Node, you get NPM. Uh, so I don't, I just don't see a reason. To install something else or use something else, it just seems silly to me. Um, so it's a little Microsofty, isn't it? Eh. But okay, so so I would, eh, I would argue that JavaScript would not be as popular as it is today without NPM. I probably yeah, I think that's 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 fair, right? Uh, I think that yeah, I I, I mm. believe for sure like a package manager like it and the ability to share code and the fact that JavaScript. Its lack of a standard library essentially mm-hmm. necessitates, like, mm-hmm. with in, in absence of it, is the language itself is not as powerful, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I agree with that. So, so what I was thinking as you were saying that is, I think that there is. I'm getting political and philosophical, but I, I think that there's a, a a huge value in like a business that takes an open source tool um, and builds a managed, commercialized, supported version of that. I think that's a very Necessary thing, mm-hmm. um, you know. Uh, countless examples of it. Postgres Inc. is the business around the open source database Postgres, and like they ended up not being as effective in the in that world as they hoped they did. But mm-hmm. but they sure as hell uh, led Oracle to buy Microsoft or my MySQL. Yeah, um, that you can you can thank Postgres Inc. for that because they scared the crap out of Oracle that there was this actual like enterprise company right. that had an open source database solution. And Oracle was like, we don't have one of those quick, that elephant, get it, you know? <laughs> and, uh, but, but, um, the, I, it does make me feel a little uneasy when it's, um, you know, it's not some, something off to the high, it's, when it's the accepted standard has an organization around it that then has a commercial entity. Mm. That feels a little weird. Kind of like what Tyrell said, like, you know, everyone's using NPM. They almost have an incentive to not do good by the community mm. to um, increase the f- the the value mm. gap between the free product and the I, I, paid product. Yeah, and, and I would There's say some amount of incentive. I, I, there. I absolutely agree with that. Um, but I think that, um, and I don't know this, so this is speculation. Okay. Um, but uh, I think that that probably in the beginning the enterprise thing didn't exist. Um, it was just uh, it was just private repositories right. you pay for, um, but I imagine and, and customers that I have worked with use something like this. But on-prem uh, package repository is something that enterprise companies want. Yeah. Um, mm. And so, if you want to use JavaScript and you want to use a package manager. Um, so I can understand why they did it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some same reason GitHub did, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so eh, but but, but see the, the difference there, just to, to to draw the distinction that I see is it's um, GitHub isn't Git. 
right? Yeah. Can't, no, no, no. I, that, and, yeah, I you get know that. what I mean. That's, I get that. that's the part where it, where it feels different. I get that, but like, it, yeah, it isn't get or get, but uh, the well, like, how many companies have like managed their own instances of get? Like, I, I feel like I feel like that used to be more common than it is. Super common, not nearly as much anymore. Right no, now, no now, now everybody's using GitLab or GitHub or whatever, Bitbucket, right? Bitbucket, yeah. um, uh, or uh, VSTS or whatever, right? Right. Um, so, yeah, well, I get what you're saying. Yeah, um, it's just that there's an underlying tool that's open source, right? Yeah, but but you know, here's the the other side of that, and it, I don't I don't have a strong fight in this. I, I just found it very, I was just very surprised to hear mm-hmm. that NPM was a company because I never thought of it like that. Yeah, like the idea of Pip being a company in the Python world. Yeah, is, it's just a it's just command line tool. You yeah, know? and a lot of uh, I've worked in enterprise uh, Python organizations or. Py- enterprises that had Python organizations with them, I should say. I don't think there is. A, the, I don't think there's an enterprise company that's like we're exclusively doing Python, yeah. but mm-hmm. um, that uh, wanted to host their own dependencies. Mm-hmm. That didn't want an external dependency on the package manager's mm-hmm. dependencies, and so, but they would use pip, the open source tool, which has tools and provisions in it to set up a pip server mm-hmm. in your intranet or yeah. whatever. And you know, mirror mirror pip, yeah, uh, which is a terrible fucking idea, by the way. Uh, uh, I, was, I have also seen that done yeah. with npm, like yeah. they just mirror. Um, it was you, know, mm. you got to update that uh, yeah. Cox Media Group every day. Uh, <laughs> they didn't be like install the latest Django one point three. God, that was ten years ago. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's a is a time capsule, a frozen state of time. Of course, their 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 app was also in that frozen state of time, so it wouldn't have done them any good to yeah. have a, a modern version of pip. Uh, none of this works. What's this Python three thing? And and you definitely see that a lot with uh, Java. You know mm. that that that's uh, they maintain their own. You know, like Java. Maven, Maven, yeah, um, uh, yeah, or even just the JVM. You know, so so. Like a lot of uh, enterprise environments, you might not be a developer, but you need Java to run the software. Right. Oh, right, right, and, right. And so that comes. So from, they're distributing a JVM. It's not like go to Oracle.com right. and go through that process. Right, right. You might done that lately. That still takes four hundred steps. Yeah. And, uh, no, I just yeah. download uh, Open JDK. Open JDK. Instead. Yeah. So, uh, so kind of a weird question because uh, yep. I don't know enough about uh, PIP. Um, it's an open source tool. Yes. Um, is there like a foundation that supports it? Yeah. It's the it's so pip is the command line tool for an organization called PyPI, Py, yeah. okay. Python Package Index. That is the service and and organization that governs the backend services, and then pip is just the CLI to programmatically download. Okay. You can also go to pypi.org and download source. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you can with npm as well. Okay. Yeah. So. It does that organization? Uh, do they like audit the security of the dependencies? They have started to do more after um, after. I, I won't say that it was purely on the um, purely on the the um, what's, it, what's it called the best intentions kind of system of the uh, open source model. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I mean, like it, I, I'm I'm sure there was some amount of of uh, rigor beyond just blind trust. But then uh, it wasn't much, and then then like some events were happening. It was like only a couple of years ago. You remember this, Alan? The that Django people started putting up packages that were like yeah. typo misspellings yeah. of common packages. Yeah. That what you can do, it's very easy to like create a, a, a Python setup tools file that like is Django with two J's mm-hmm. uh, that has a dependency on Django. So Django gets installed and yeah. it's just got a little payload that, that went and just wrapped right around it. And so uh, some uh, malware and maybe even like some crypto mining stuff yeah. um, started showing up like that. And so now there's, there's a, there's a uh, higher policy. You do have to like now register for okay. uh, accounts yeah. uh, to manage oh, okay. packages and stuff like that. So, uh, so one but, of the, th- one but, of the- but as far as like static analysis, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So one of the cool things that that sort of the business model of NPM and and the, it being a company allowed them to do is they actually bought a company that uh, specialized in security. I can't remember the name of it. Um, and and literally like they have a company just monitoring the security of the repository. That's pretty sweet. Um, and you can when you because that was a huge problem yeah, too. Yeah. When you mm-hmm. install the packages now, it audits 
your dependencies and it will tell you mm-hmm. if there are any security vulnerabilities. I actually saw this recently and it's and freaking awesome. I thought it was an open source initiative. I didn't think about there being a, a commercial entity behind mm-hmm. it. I saw I got and by the way, whoa, because uh, it's scary too. Because I went and just I had some locked like app running and I I ran npm install mm-hmm. on on some locked dependencies and it was just like like. 700 security vulnerabilities and it's oh, like yeah. only only 97 are severe yeah. or critical or something. Like, oh my god. Yeah. This is a real app. This is deployed somewhere. Yeah. It was it was something I it was it was an open source thing, but people run it whatever yeah. it was. There's some dashboarding to one of those ones that I was mm. looking at yeah. last mm. week. Gotcha. But it's like it was kind of scary to to see yeah. now that that's there of oh man, this is everywhere. Yep. It's it's eating it's like everyone's running it. Yep. Yeah, that's good. That's a good thing. Yeah, it, it, at least uh, knowing is good. And and honestly, like after you run it, it you can run a subsequent command, and it will uh, it'll update them or revert all of the dependencies to a stable or an, and secure version. Well, That'll I'd fix lo- it for I'd, you. I'd love to see something like that in pip. Although I can yeah. see the purist saying, and it's probably you get it in the JavaScript community as well. Um, although I think the JavaScript community is more apt, just saying like mix all my tools and and and. You know they're mm-hmm. okay with it as much. I think in the Python community, you'd hear more of like that's the job of static analysis. Run pip, just run the other command. You know oh, what I mean? I see. Install the other tool that does the one thing and mm-hmm. does you know everything's supposed to do one and only one thing. Uh, and yeah. One, yeah. And, you know, it's part of the Zen of Python. Yeah. Uh, that that probably would be resistance of like don't put that in pip as oh, a flag. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. It's a like, it's a second tool okay. and let that tool be good at being that. You know what I mean? Yeah. For, I guess from my perspective, if it's uh, if I am getting my packages from somewhere and they're managing a repository of dependencies. It feels right that they're also making sure that they're secure. I, uh, I have to say, I've, I found some, I, I wanted to bring this up to you. Uh, I, I don't have it in front of me though, so I, I may not deliver it well, but I found this Reddit thread. And this just reminds me thinking of like, um, in the JavaScript world, people are totally cool with this idea of like, okay. yeah, you know, like let the let the tool have lots of features and mm-hmm. and and convenience is like really important to the JavaScript community. Mm-hmm. You guys love convenience like it's crazy. Yeah, we do. And so I saw. I always follow these rabbit holes and see them. I was I was in like the uh, React subreddit. Okay. And someone had posted about like who here uses Redux for this problem or you use MobX and stuff like that. I was like, I'm kind of into maybe starting to learn some of, of, of you know flex style stuff, state management. And so I go reading through it and it's just this like list of things where every motherfucker in that thread is using a totally different state management. It was like, oh, but have you used mob F and like, and, and <laughs> like, and just like, uh, no, I use this and, and I couple that with this and blah, blah, blah. And just like this long stream of dependencies. Like how can any of you work together <laughs> when there's so many tools? And then someone gave an example and it blew my mind. He was like, this isn't it. I, 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 I just, I just chose his gender. I don't know. That was he, this person was like, um, here's how an example of how um, in a component I might fetch data from a backend. And there's three lines of code. It's like, you know, uh, um, uh, a function call and a closure and, mm-hmm. and, and then like a callback on it. Three lines of code and then he puts that in the thread and then the next thing he says is like, that's an awful lot of boilerplate just to talk to my backend. <laughs> I was just like, so so I use this other thing that condenses it down to like two and a quarter lines of code. Oh, yeah. like, I was like, you have got to be kidding me. You made an external dependency to reduce three lines of code because you're like, ah, this just... <clears throat> Seems like a lot of boilerplate. I was like, well, then wrap it in a function <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> and call your own function. What happened to write code, that's, folks? That's all it is. It's yeah. just a function yeah. that you uh, make NPM a package. NPM install this function. So, yep. <laughs> that's exactly. <laughs> this three-line function. Uh, yeah. Je- Ruby got that way with gems for a little while, too. Yeah, got a little gem crazy. Yeah, a little gem crazy. So, so I'm a f- I really, really like Redux. Um, that's like that's like my go-to. This guy um, said. This guy said Redux too much boilerplate. Oh, you fuck need, him. You need nine um, derivative things on top. Fuck of him Redux. or her, whoever it was. Like, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you. That yeah. was that was fair. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> uh, that is the big complaint about uh, Redux is people are like, oh, I have to write too much, too many things, and too many files, and and I'm like, look, like splitting shit up into different files keeps things 
organized. Yeah. I'd rather, I don't want everything in one that file. That can go to hell in a handbasket too. Like if that there's too can. many files, right? If, yeah, Ember, yeah. we yeah. talked oh, about that, that a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. That, can, that can. 16 files to edit to change sure. like one component. Sure. It's, it's nuts. That's what yeah. abstraction is for. Right. You can do that on your own. Like there doesn't need to be a library that does that. Um, it, it, yeah. I, I hear that a lot, actually. It's uh, a convenience obsession, I think, in, mm. in the culture of like, and it's honestly, it's a, I, it's it's a fun way to like make open source. Tool. I made this thing that makes a little thing a little bit easier. It's very easy to get it out there. Mm-hmm. Is it like a, is this an evolution of dry or something? You know, I wonder mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, and I don't know. I, I, and, I, and I also kind of feel like convenience is the wrong word. I feel like that's fair. I, I feel like maybe like. Uh, <laughs> pre-optimization or over-optimization. There's definitely that. Well, and I think that Casey even has a point about having something get out there, like, especially in, in a market that gets real competitive sometimes. That's to be able to say, I've got, yeah. I've got them I, open I made source this thing. creds, yeah. check out yeah, yeah, my yeah. GitHub. Yeah. And this is like, that's yeah. awesome. You, you, you. And, 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 I, and I would say that I, I think the JavaScript community is very uh, experimental. Like, People will just put sh- different shit out there all the time, uh, and I actually like that about it. Like, not everything should be adopted, but like, I like seeing a, b- a lot of different ideas and approaches to problems. Or the only thing I struggle with about that is, for me, when I'm going to write some JavaScript stuff, I really struggle to yeah. actually find anything. Right? Because yeah. like, I, where do people actually find all of these? When I see all these dependencies on dependencies on dependencies, mm. I'm like, but who? But how, where, hmm, you know, yeah. like there's not a great resource for like, yeah. I just, where do you dig it up? I, I, I can see how if you're not liking, if not engrossed in it, right. like day in, day out. Like do that, do that you is, find, your, do you like go to an online tool and search for packages or is this something that comes through a Slack channel and a colleague that says, hey, have you tried? Uh, yeah. So a, a few different channels. Um, I have a Pixel, right? A phone. Uh, and it does the, Google does the whole thing where if you swipe uh, to the right, it gives you like articles that have come out and based on, because they know everything about me. Got it. Um, I get a lot of like new articles that show up there from Medium and stuff that are yeah. just like new things that are I coming out. I definitely don't consume much like JavaScript Medium content. Right. That's for um, sure. The other thing is I... That's not a joke. That's serious. Uh, <laughs> is I am on a couple... Um, I think like, we knew that as well. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. A couple uh, email like things that go out weekly, like JavaScript weekly, Node weekly. Yeah, we got Python is it, weekly. Is it the same guy? I think it is. Yeah. Uh, 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 Raul? Um, uh, not Raul. It's like mm-hmm. Brand. I'm going to get his name wrong. Not the same guy. Yeah. Uh, but um, there's a Node and a front end and a JavaScript uh, weekly that I watch, and there's always like new tools in there, and so I'll just skim it. Yeah. And usually I find one or two things to look at, so... That's usually how I find out about new things. And then people in Slack will be like, oh, I found this thing. Um, like, ha- have you guys used Jest? Uh, I've only recently read about so, it. So Jest is a test runner. I, runs yeah, your unit tests. I think I did it's, use it's it. It's like in, the accepted yeah. like, way to go right. for React testing. Yeah. I was going to say, does it come with React Native? Or maybe I just installed it. It come, I think when you install React Native, it, it has Jest there yeah, already. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. and if you is, do like, like, is this an alternative to... Is Mocha a runner? It's, it's the same thing. Okay, got it. Uh, the difference being that Mocha is... Like if you want to do code coverage and a few other things with Mocha, you have to install multiple libraries. Jest is more like an all-in-one mm. kind of. It already has all that. Under Mocha the hood. sounds more Python. We have coverage.py and we have yeah. And, 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 and honestly, have, yeah. like Mocha is pretty much what I'm most used to because I I like configurability. I like to. Be I don't, able to I don't know if I you've want. heard the episode yet, but Alan and I like we we picked on Mocha. Oh, okay, no, a little I bit. I haven't heard that. The the uh, the structure of like the library so that the syntax reads the way that it oh, reads yeah. is just is a little bit ridiculous. Um, I mostly use chai with it. Chai, so that, chai. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. Um, so that it's uh, like behavioral. Uh, right. Syntax like to right. be and to equal or whatever. Anyway, they're the ones that were like, there's like just like a two property that just holds other things so that you can write expect oh, yeah. dot to oh, yeah. equal. So, you know. And I think a lot of that, like, doesn't, isn't that how Ruby tests work? Like, I haven't done, like, with RSpec and stuff like that. Yeah. I haven't done much. I'm pretty sure it's very RSpec y. I'm pretty it. sure they're very similar. Okay. And I think that's where the some of that behavior the came driven, from. Like, yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, I actually like that, though. I like reading tests like that. I think a lot of people like assert and whatnot, but yeah. I like, I, pre- I prefer the, like, two equal, you know, two dot, whatever. Anyway. 
Um, so just as a test runner, I saw this thing the other day. Um, I got it from one of those email lists, and it's like a GUI in front of Jest. So like you have it, your project. That's, that's actually what I was like. That's how I had heard about Jest is through some other thing. I was looking at the mm. GUI tool. Okay, yeah, it, it it's cool. So like, there's always weird shit like that. Like I don't probably don't need this, but is it cool? Yeah, I'll probably try it out eventually. I guess the the frustrating thing for me like is you know like like with Redux trying to figure out how to use it, mm-hmm. and then you read an article. It's like don't use MobX, and I'm like, well. Maybe I should use MobX. I don't know, and so I partially study. Yeah, you know it, it, the, these different. That's things. an async pattern at the root. That's an async pattern question. Like some people like to do their async with promises, mm. and some people like to do them with observables. Mm. If you like to do it with observables, use MobX because that's what it uses, and it has that that syntax. And I I like that syntax see, better. Uh, if you like promises, you probably will just like Redux, and that's usually mm. what I use. Um, so it's it's okay. it, it, that that is I guess not I didn't expect it to be that different from how we consume and find libraries although like more likely to use something like Django packages or like these online resources that have organized um, you know installable dependencies particularly within a framework mm-hmm. um, and categorize them with how they're used in the framework and, and a different way of looking at them and Django packages has this concept of like grids which is like they'll have a grid for major topics like CMS or mm, okay. or like test runners. And mm-hmm. then across that grid, it does a feature comparison. Oh, okay. uh, number of, you know, like kind of usage, adoption, right. latest commit, that kind of stuff, stats on it, so that you can go like, I need to do a thing. Um, is there a package that exists? Oh, there's several. Okay, how do I compare and contrast which one I use? Right. Um, and like newsletters and stuff like that. But the most, for me, the... Because there's not nearly as many dependencies, honestly. By volume, I don't know what the difference is, but I would imagine there's a shitload more in NPM than uh, in Python. Sure. Just oh, by sure. looking at the average project, right? Um, it's way more likely in the Python community for me was always to find out about a de- like some cool tool or dependency when another developer said, like, hey, did you know that there's this thing? It's it, you know that go go install this, um, and so it was a very word of mouth mm. kind of propagation of tools. Sure. Was always more common for me. Yeah. I don't know if that's still the same for for the other Python guys in the room. If you still feel that yeah, way, yeah, I, I I try and pay attention to the, like Python Weekly and such, but for mm-hmm. the most part, it's word of mouth. Like, You'd like go pick up a project and see a dependency. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. And, 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 and the it's, first thing I do is uh, find it on GitHub and look at the stars mm-hmm. and like yeah. if or, it's, or last yeah. updated. It, like, both. Well, well, and, and both sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, I mean, just because yeah. it's got a lot of stars. If, if it, there's a risk function there yeah. of like, well, it's got a lot of stars, but it hasn't been updated in a while. That's probably okay. It's like anything updated yesterday and no stars. This is brand new. Anything yeah. older than like six months, and I probably won't use it. Really? Yeah. Man, that's different. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, like it, I, I'll still get a little bit. Of, if it's Python three and it's had commits within eighteen months, I feel pretty good. I feel yeah. good enough. Okay. About it. Yeah. It depends. Yeah. On, it depends on what it is. It depends yeah. on. Yeah. Okay. If it were a GraphQL library, I'd be like, mm, someone started this and never finished. But if yeah. it's just like some stable standby of mm-hmm. like you know a framework for finite state machines, like yeah. shit that we haven't changed since nineteen sixty. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. Yes, it's been updated enough that I know that there's been security updates right. to uh, eighteen months. I'm fine. There, with that. There's some like variability. Like actually, my process is, is uh, I will look at those two things and then I'll click on issues and I will look and see mm-hmm. if yeah. a maintainer has been responding to issues. Yeah, that's yeah, like that's, my that's main thing. Yeah. That's a good one. Uh, yeah. Because if people have been creating issues or there's PRs that are just sitting out there, I'm like, yeah, I'm probably not going to use this because. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's probably I'm probably gonna find it. That's kind of like how I browse product reviews. As I go, <laughs> I need there to be some baseline review. Like it, it, it needs to obviously not be total garbage. But even if it's like a four star product, the very first thing I do is go read the one star reviews. Oh yeah, and just make sure that. There's not a bunch of people that are like, hey, you, you know, a third of these when they get here are broken, like that kind of stuff, right? Um, but in most cases, if it's a good product and it's got like an overall good rating and there are one stars, I'm just going to verify that those people are just like completely, you know, assholes. Right. Yeah. Right? Right. Just like, <laughs> I didn't like the box, one star, you know, yeah, like yeah. The, that kind of, that kind of stuff. I'm like, okay, this seems like a good product, you know, it's not yeah. a real complaint. Yeah. yeah. 
you have to be careful though with those reviews and like mm-hmm. the generated ones or the, mm-hmm. the the ones that people are or people are paying right. uh, for people to leave reviews. Amazon's getting really bad about that. There is a and they're not doing a, a right. fucking thing about it. Right. Um, yeah. There was a. I want to say it was like This American Life or something episode about that. About like astroturfing reviews. Mm -hmm. And this guy who had built a tool that would go in and you'd like feed it the product URL and it would go and look at all the reviews and tell you the percentage that were fake and how uh, like Amazon basically like denounced (laughs) the tool or whatever. That's the thing is like, yeah, it's not that Amazon's not doing anything, but they're kind of actively like, like, yeah. Like no, we're not going to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. We're not being silent, you know. Yeah, but yeah. It's that's a little bit of a problem. It's how people buy stuff these days. Yeah. Well, dude, it's been fun. Good, good winging it. Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. We covered a lot of ground. We did. Um, did did not did not go idle. We got we got we even got board games in there. I know yeah. we got board games. I'm tempted. It's the weekend, obviously, because it's Friday afternoon to play. I kind of want to like do some board gaming. Nice. Play, play, some, some good. play some Catan or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I uh, we we talked about JavaScript enough that I joined the Elm Slack channel just now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, it's just like congratulations, like, <laughs> self self preservation. <laughs> just like, oh look, I can actually talk to people about Elm. I'm one step closer now. <laughs> Man, I don't like Elm. Uh, we got to do an Elm v, v JavaScript oh, yeah. fight to the death with you guys. That's a future topic. Oh, he'll clobber me. He'll clobber me. Email, email us I your topic. The Slack that's so that's what we're gonna. That's what we're gonna do next week. If you don't email us some topics, that's that's what we're doing. <laughs> Man, I don't. I, I can't. This me be me like furiously googling the stuff he says versus Elm. I, I can't or in Elm. I can't talk about Elm for more than like ten minutes because I. Only have a few things that aren't good to say about it. That's there's, it. There's there's only there's only like twelve swear words, so yeah. you, you'll get through them. Really yeah, right, yeah, exactly. All right, good stuff, everybody. Uh, we'll see you guys in a week. Thanks for listening to Friday Afternoon Deploy, recorded and produced by the team at Lofty Labs. If you enjoyed the show, you can subscribe to future episodes via iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. You can also follow at Friday Deploy on Facebook and Twitter for episode previews, live streams, and other behind-the-scenes peaks. Past episodes and show notes on this episode can be found at friday.hirelofty.com. That's friday.h-i-r-e-l-o-f-t-y.com. If you'd like to contact the show, or if you're local to the Northwest Arkansas area and would like to be a guest on the show, you can email us at podcast at higherlofty.com.